Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Hat Track Heroes. My name is Nick and I'm your host for this show. Today is just a small episode. It's a, it's a recap of all the episodes we've done in series two before we embark on series three. Now basically series one finished on a bit of a, a downer in the sense of the fact that COVID came and I couldn't get access to new content, new Hat Track Heroes, and I wasn't able to put any shows out there. But in the course of COVID, it actually ended up being a blessing in disguise as during the time of lockdown, I got a message from a lady. I'd never met her before, and she approached me and said that she was in the process of starting up a radio station called Crew Radio, and she was asking whether I would like to put my show onto the radio station as she'd heard one of my podcasts and thought it would be great content to have on the show. So I was like, yeah, cool, this sounds interesting, I'll have a chat. But I was a little bit apprehensive because I was thinking, well, how am I supposed to get content when I'm not flying, I'm not meeting new people on board and that kind of thing. And she said, look, you know, well, we might have some access for you. We might have some people from British Airways that can potentially be hat track heroes as well. And so I thought, okay, why not? Why not? Uh, From this, I guess um, the radio station didn't start straight away. And so I had a bit of time to assess and think about who I could actually interview for season two. And there was also the fact that I already had 10 odd episodes to put on the radio station for the first 10 weeks. So that gave me a good three odd months to prepare. And first off though, I I went back to, I guess you could say my roots in inverted commas uh, and utilizing my contacts within the Middle East. And so I managed to get some interviews organized, one with Casey, who we chat with in the first series, uh, another one with a girl called Divine. Both of these two are doing work within the Middle East, looking after the labor workers or just people that are in need due to COVID. So I ended up having a chat with Casey and it was focused upon the differences between how things were before COVID came and how things are now. And there was quite a few interesting differences, I mean, you know, with with the social distancing and with what they would would provide to the workers and how they provide it to the workers. It was interesting to hear Casey say that the, the government in Dubai had done a commendable job in making sure the labor workers and, of course, other communities were looked after. And that was really great to hear. On the contrary, it did highlight more dislikable things in regards to the bosses of the campsites and taking passports away and other people, other workers not being able to afford to rent their apartments and, you know, all these different kind of horrible things. And then with Divine, it was more a a case of making someone's day. She started an initiative called Make Your Day Initiative, and it really focuses upon the simple things like smiling at someone or maybe helping them across the street or whatever it might be, just these things to put a smile on someone's face and make them feel good about their day. And so she did this and she's got some people involved with her and, you know, it turned into also helping out people in regards to being underprivileged during the COVID time. Before I forget, I actually interviewed Casey a second time for this series, this time about her various trips to different countries and her giving to the communities in those countries. It was actually very, very interesting to hear the places that she went to 
She was um, all over the place, Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Eritrea, Uganda, Rwanda as well. And uh, she was basically getting out there and, and visiting these people that were in need. And one story that comes to mind especially was on her trip to Ethiopia, she came across these men up in the north who were salt miners. And she saw that these salt miners weren't wearing any protective eyewear. So she managed to get in contact with uh, like an optometrist who was willing to provide 300 pairs of sunglasses for these men. When these men saw these sunglasses, they had no idea what they were. They put them on though, and wow, Casey says these men were in absolute awe. It's uh, such a cool story, but it's just one of the many stories that she has to share from all of her journeys. Also in the Middle East, I'd spoken to this girl previously, and we just hadn't had a chance to do an interview yet but we finally got the interview sorted and it was with a girl called Joanna and she is a huge water advocate mainly for the people in her home country of the Philippines the indigenous people were her focus you know trying to get across the education of how we can use water and how it needs to be used in a, a clean way and not just putting up with the fact that I have to take water from a dirty creek or from a, a poor resource. It's all about uh, how she's empowering these communities into generating water, sourcing water, and making sure it is clean for things like hygiene and making sure that they are being hygienic with their water and teaching it to the children who can then pass on to their families and then to generations to come. It was interesting to talk about something of a different nature. Also in the Middle East, there was a um, May, and she's extremely focused upon things to do with finance. And she and a couple of her, her colleagues put together a... I guess, community called Investusiasts who empower the Filipino community in Dubai in regards to finances. She mentioned in the podcast about this sandwich generation. And this sandwich generation is something I'd never heard of before, but it's basically the fact of how parents will encourage their children to go out there, work, earn money, but these children would work to support the parents but they would also have to support their own children. So obviously they're in the middle, making it the sandwich generation. What enthusiasts are trying to do is trying to teach these middle generation, this sandwich generation, that this is not how things should be, that, that their children should not be put through the same kind of financial stress to let their children support their family and, and so on. Speaking with May, actually gave me the impetus to, to look into where I was placing my finances and how I was looking after my finances as well. So it's actually a great insight for people to just listen to that podcast and hear her thoughts. It's um, definitely well worth having a listen. As I mentioned, there was the lady Mandy, her name is, from Crew Radio, uh, who got in contact with me for the show. And having the contact with her enabled me to branch out to non-Middle Eastern crew and to hear about the stories from other crew perspective on where they're going and what they're doing and so forth. So firstly, I managed to get an interview with, with Mandy regarding what she was doing down in Ghana through a school that she'd found in Accra called St. Nicholas. And, you know, she started off a feeding program kind of thing, an initiative that is still going today. And then from her, she put me into contact with a guy called Pepe or Mark, as some other people might know him. He's uh, He used to do work in London with the Notre Dame Refugee Centre. Obviously, it's the French Notre Dame, but it's a subsidiary of that church in France, in Paris. And it's based in London. And it is about 
new refugees that have ended up in in London and they're on the street. Sadly, they're on the street and they have little to get by. And so the refugee centre is a place for them to get some refuge for, you know, a cup of tea or for a chat. But it is also a place where they can try and get their asylum sorted, where they can try and find a way to stay in the UK and, and sort their life out. There was a sad story specifically, and one that really was quite raw in the sense of a Nicaraguan family, well, the father first had come to London and he came because he was threatened with treason back in Nicaragua. All because of his employment. He was a policeman and there was protesters and he was asked by his seniors to shoot into the crowd. And what person, what normal person in their right mind would shoot into the crowd? But the fact that he wouldn't do this basically led them to say, look, this is treason against your country. So he fled and then his family came and joined afterwards. So that was really quite a heartbreaking story. You know, it's it's interesting to hear that refugees, they aren't all the same. They don't, they're not all tied with the same brush. There are people out there who really do struggle to stay in their own country. They would love to stay there, as Pepe said, and they're proud of their countries, but they just have to leave for some horrible reason. We also spoke with someone who is not even a crew, but he's still a hat-track hero in my eyes because... Well, along with his colleagues. He's a pilot, but he's a pilot as a hobby, not for his job. And he's part of an organization in the Netherlands called Stichting Hochvliegers, basically meaning High Flyers Foundation. And they organize events for children who might be disabled or disadvantaged in some way. And they would take them up into the sky and allow them to be a pilot for the day. I think that was super special. Now, some of the stories he spoke about were really heartfelt, innocent, and quite quite fun, especially one about the blind child. And we just took flying into a you know an area where it was, was safe to fly. And he was treating it like a dolphin, like up and down, up and down. His parents were in the back seat freaking out. So it was quite a funny story, but also a great listen as well. And that was the season. So it was It was a tough one for me to get started, but in the end, it worked out really well. And now I've got content already in the process of being prepared for season three, where I never thought I would actually get to. But I'm super happy that season three is about to start. If you haven't listened before, then quickly catch up on season one and season two. There's loads of amazing information there that you can hear about, learn about, and maybe even find a a charity that you resonate with and that you feel that you could help out in some way, whether it be as a volunteer or some kind of ambassador or something like that. You know, there's all sorts of options out there. I find it extremely exciting in a sense of learning, learning more about these different places and charities and and what crew are actually doing to, to help these people out, whether it's children or underprivileged or less fortunate, whatever it might be. Choose an episode, have a listen. Season three is on its way. Monday night uh, will be the next episode. And we're talking to a girl who did some volunteering down in Zambia and her outlook on volunteering. It's extremely philosophical and very interesting to listen to the way that she approached things with that. Thanks for listening. If you know of anyone who might be a hat track hero, then let me know. It would be great to chat with them about whatever they're doing. doesn't matter if they're a pilot or cabin crew or even maybe ground crew or something like that. You know, they all come under, I guess, an umbrella. Pass them on to me. I will happily chat with them and see what they've been doing and so forth and hopefully get them on the show. Thank you so much. And remember, though, I'm no Parky or Graham Norton or even Ali G. But we look forward to having some more episodes out there very, very soon. And hopefully you'll join us for another listen. Bye for now.